Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, beautiful people. This is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Pam and Daniel Poor. And thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, we love the feedback. Keep it coming. We love answering questions and coming up with content based off of what you are looking for. And today, I think we've got uh, a topic that's, you know, is near and dear to our hearts because we started a, a, a tiny little business about 13 years ago. Um, but I think it's going to be more important and educational for people out there who sustain minor injuries, lacerations, cuts. Uh, you take a spill, your child takes a fall at school, uh, you know, unwitnessed or witnessed. And the idea is, what do we do? And so, and it's actually become really popular in the last two years because hospitals have been very inundated with COVID. Mm-hmm. So no one's wanted to go to a hospital for minor injuries. So this has been even a bigger service to the community. We started this, like Dr. Lakey just said, uh, you know, over 13 years ago as a service to the community. Mm-hmm. We figured we could actually help. So today, I guess we're going to just go over what to look for if you, your spouse, your friend, your child, anyone has a minor injury, a laceration, um, what needs to be repaired, what needs to go to the hospital, what needs to go to urgent care, what needs to be taken care of by a plastic surgeon. We'll tell you what to look for, uh, how to treat it afterwards, and how we can help. Definitely. And we'll give props where props do. Um, you know, a lot of the idea started in our residency um, out at Long Island Plastic Surgery Group, and they started a, a service where all the plastic surgeons, uh, you know, were kind of on call for, for these types of injuries. And so we decided we were going to form something here. And so uh, 13 years ago, we met with several of the pediatricians in the area. We started Stitch MD. Yep. And it was uh, basically started a, a, a 24-hour hotline that uh, you called and it dispatched a plastic surgeon. Well, in the beginning, it was just Dr. Lakey and I. <laughs> uh, now we have a whole team that, that kind of help out because it's difficult for us to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the initial phone call is routed through an emergency line, goes to a plastic surgeon that then immediately calls you, assesses what needs to be done. And then if it's not an 
incredibly complicated injury, mm-hmm. then it's taken care of here in the comfort of a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon's office. That's the fantastic part. You know, uh, we've all been to the emergency room or we have stories of family members and things like that have waited hours upon hours. And, you know, we always used to stay in the beginning. We'd say, all right, well, listen, if you want a bad cup of coffee, you want to make friends with, uh, you know, some, some, uh, people who you may not want to necessarily associate with, you can go sit in the emergency room for hours and hours. But, um, you know, especially when you have a child that's injured, you want a, you want to bypass the emergency room, go right to the office and you want to have a plastic surgeon sew it up. And it's not that there aren't uh, good emergency room physicians, um, you know, but if it's on the face, you know, I would say, listen, we just train differently. And so, you know, we close things in multiple layers. We, and in all reality, it's not just sewing the laceration up. It's what you're going to do afterwards. How Absolutely. many days you keep your stitches in, what type of stitches you use, you know, how long you're going to manage the scar or the wound. Um, you know, you want to make sure, and what you can do afterwards, how can you camouflage it? So we'll kind of touch on those things today. I think, First and foremost, there should be an algorithm by anyone, uh, you know, based off of the injury. And so for us, listen, we make it very simple. Anyone falls, sustains a laceration, you know what the cause was, uh, you don't have loss of consciousness, you know, it can't be where someone has fallen, maybe they have a stroke or a heart condition and they find them face down. And, you know, that's not something that this is for. Those people, obviously, you go to the emergency room. If there's any question, uh, the idea is you go to an emergency room or an urgent care because the idea, you know, if there's a question that you fell on your face and there may be a fracture or something like that, listen, we're not equipped for a an X-ray or, or something like that. So the idea is for complex wounds, things like that, you go to the emergency room or at least an urgent care. But let's say now your kid falls at school or bumps into another child. They sustain a laceration. Uh, There's no loss of consciousness or anything like that, but obviously they're bleeding. And the idea is what to do. So let's talk about how fast does a laceration have to be closed? This is a great question. And and we tell everyone, listen, there's a window of 24 to 36 hours that you can literally close a laceration. And as long as you clean it, and if it's, you know, if it's a dirty wound, you need to have it cleaned. But if you don't, you don't need to run to a plastic surgeon an hour later. Okay. Now, if it's actively bleeding, if if you're concerned, if it's if there's bone that's exposed, if it's really significant, it's a different story. But we're going to start out with saying a simple cut on your child's chin, which happens very often. Mm-hmm. Your 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 kids running around trips and hits their chin on the pavement and basically has a two centimeter open wound of the chin. Now, and uh, and what I was going to say, obviously, in those in. In those instances, obviously, our studies show that within a certain period of time, you have less risk of infection. Absolutely. And so, you, in an ideal world, you'd want to suture this within six hours. However, more and more data came out showing that depending on whether we, you know, as long as it's not actively bleeding and you uh, keep a 
uh, an antibiotic ointment on it. Obviously, we can close it within 24 hours, and the rate of infection is minimally higher. Absolutely. But, and that doesn't mean that we wait on it, mm-hmm. but realistically, you know, and this happens to us during business hours, during office hours. Dr. Lakey and I will be in the office, and one of, one of the girls up front will tell us, hey, there's a laceration that the pediatrician from down the street called, and they're on their way. No mm-hmm. problem. And, and here's what we want you to look for as to what actually needs stitches. Let's mm-hmm. start with that. Mm-hmm. What needs stitches is any open wound that you see any type of fat that's popping out or what we call a break in the dermis. So the outer layer of the skin, so when you get a paper cut, that's when your epidermis is cut. That's, and you can still bleed. You can still bleed, but that doesn't need stitches, okay? That will heal on its own and it'll be fine. But when you break the thicker layer of your skin, which is the dermis, which is what really gives your integrity of your skin, that's what you need to put stitches in. Because if you don't, then what you'll do is you'll heal with a widened scar Mm -hmm. and it'll just be an unsightly scar. So that's really what you, that's the number one thing. If there's this big gash and you see there's a little bit of fat that's popped through, now that's one of the give, you know, complete giveaways that you need to have it. Now, if you have underlying bone that's exposed, if you see muscle or tendon that's exposed, well, obviously those, they have to be repaired. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, with that said, in the initial period, like we talked about, uh, if it's bleeding, direct pressure to the area. Hold pressure for a few minutes if you have to, that's okay. If it's on your face, around your eye, anything like that, on top of that, put a little ice pack on it. It'll help with the swelling. It'll also help with the bruising and the bleeding. You can put a compressive dressing on, uh, you know, no tourniquets. So, you know, you always see in the movies, people are putting tourniquets on. Those are more for life-saving, limb salvaging. Um, you know, so the idea is you don't want to cut off blood supply. Um, so direct pressure is usually the best. Um you know, obviously we know it doesn't always feel the best, but you can put a compressive dressing onto the area and uh, that will get you, buy you enough time to make it to the ER or physician or a plastic surgeon, whichever you choose. And then once you do that, put a little bit of, of ointment on there, triple antibiotic ointment, you'll come in and we've kind of streamlined this where it's really easy and we don't give any other anesthesia than just local anesthesia. Mm -hmm. We always start out with a little bit of numbing cream. So if it's your kid, they'll never even feel it. We use a needle that with the same needle that we use Botox for to instill the local anesthetic. Normally both of us are around, so it's a lot easier. One of us is kind of distracting your child while the other one's stitching it up. And the whole experience can sometimes take less than 10 minutes. I mean, literally, it's that fast. And that's why this service has really taken off over the last 13 years because it's been kind of a self-referral thing because if we take care of one kid, mom goes and tells their mommy groups and they all say, it was the best experience of our life. We not only didn't have to sit in an emergency room, our kid didn't go completely crazy because, you know, we were... We were entertaining them while we were fixing them. And we had a board-certified plastic surgeon that took care of the scar. Mm-hmm. So if it wasn't a really bad place, if it was going to heal poorly, we had little tricks that we can make it heal better. This is Dr. John Lakey at Forever Young. Hope you're enjoying the show. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break.
right. So now we look at the type of wound that we're talking about. Sometimes there are nice, clean lacerations. You know, we still obviously clean them out and things like that. Sometimes you fall on the ground, you hit dirt, uh, you scrape the area, plus there's a laceration. These are a little more complex. And usually what happens with these you know, although they are repaired, sometimes we actually have to what's called debride the area. We have to remove some of the diseased tissue that's been crushed. And sometimes you don't know how much of the skin has actually been crushed until it's declared itself a day later. This can be what's called the zone of injury. So the wound still is repaired, but a lot of times these have a slightly higher risk of infection and things like that. So um, when it comes to puncture wounds, uh, by animals and things like that, you have to start, you know, put patients on antibiotics. Sometimes, depending on assessing the wound, uh, we'll start a patient on uh, antibiotics. And that's therapy. interesting you say that because most of the most of the lacerations that we treat, we don't give antibiotics to, and very rarely we do if it's just a routine laceration. All dog bites get antibiotics, um, and we do take care of significant number of dog bites, um, and and. The interesting part about it is, you know, you're taught to not close these dog bites. But as plastic surgeons, we feel very comfortable as cleaning them and, and starting antibiotics and closing them because leaving a dog bite open on the face can really heal poorly. Yeah, the way we look at it is the face is very well vascularized. There's plenty of oxygen delivering uh, blood that goes to the area. The second um, is even if we look at the risk of infection. So let's say it's 40%, which is extremely high. Um, you still have a 60% chance that it's going to heal without it. So I would say we always, even if uh, it looks contaminated and we can clean it out to an extent and you're concerned, you would at least put in a few stitches to reapproximate the area just so we can help mitigate the risk of having a big fat scar. So, um, you know, the idea is, Treatment is one aspect and management is the next. So what type of stitches? So, so again, between kids and adults, depending if it's a full thickness, partial thickness wound, things like that, uh, what kind of stitches do you actually use and why? So, again, it, it, it depends. If it's a very deep um, laceration, and this is the difference between going to a plastic surgeon and just doing it in the emergency room, we like to do what's called a layered closure because the more layers you close, the less tension you put on the final closure and the better that last little laceration will heal. The, the key to, to any scar is tension. So if we take tension off a wound and an incision's closed with no tension, if you heal well, the chances are it'll heal beautifully. So if it's a deeper wound, we will put absorbable sutures on the inside, mm -hmm. usually a monocryl or a vicryl suture for those that are listening that are medical students or residents um, that are just trying to pick up a couple pointers. And then generally speaking, depending on where the actual laceration is, we will either put absorbable sutures for the last layer or we'll put sutures that need to come out. And again, that depends on multiple different factors. One has to do with how comfortable the patient is having sutures removed because here, we're not here to torture people. Yeah. We're here to fix the, the laceration and have you be on your way. So more often than not for, for small kids, uh, you know, that sustain lacerations up until 
probably about the age of eight, um, and depending on their level of maturity, will put in absorbable stitches, dissolvable ones. They don't need to come out. Um, and the, for those older individuals, you know, older kids and adults will put in stitches that need to come out. Now, why is this? Um, the thought process is you have to imagine how dissolving stitches work is that the body forms a reactive, or it's essentially reactive to the material and the body slowly digests it. Well, inflammation can lead to worsening scars. And so if we put in a stitch that is completely inert, the body does not react to it, the thought is that it will heal better than those that dissolve on their own. Now, um, there have been a few studies that show that the long-term result coming out at a year, uh, that the, which is the, essentially the mean to the regression, a regression to the mean, shows that uh, the result is ultimately the same. But uh, there are two reasons why, you know, as you mentioned, one, uh, in kids, we use dissolvable stitches because it's easier when they come back. You don't, they're already uh, afraid of you because of the traumatic incident they, uh, of sewing it up. Um, even though they're comfortable and, and everything else, it's, it's scary more than anything. Um, but the, and the second reason we use it in adults is um, because we know that we can take it out and the adult isn't going to have the same type of reaction. Absolutely. Um, and then what we, we normally do with, with children and adults, depending on where the, the this laceration is, um, unless it's like on an eyelid or in an area that we can't put a dressing on, we'll put very small flesh-colored strips on. And the reason we do that is twofold. One is that if it's on a child, we don't want them to pull at the stitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want that, that, that laceration or the cut that's there to be covered. So number one, that reminder that they had the injury is kind of gone. They've, you, they have it covered. They don't have to worry about it. You don't have to put a dressing on it every day. You don't have to put an ointment on it every day. That's the number one thing. And the second thing is, like I said, they're not going to pick at it. And the third thing is, there are some studies that show compressive dressings um, actually help with the scar. Mm-hmm. So we'll put the stereo strips on for the first week. We'll pull them off after the first week, make sure the scar is healing well. Take the stitches out or leave the absorbable sutures in. Replace with more stereo strips for another week because we do think that it helps. And then after that second week, as long as that incision looks or that, that laceration looks good, then we start some sort of scar treatment. Mm-hmm. I do want to touch on one thing that you had mentioned earlier, and you said that we only use topical and injectable anesthetic, which is something that I think is very important. If something it requires sedation, it does not belong in our office. You, you know, this is if if something requires sedation, maybe it's through an uh, you know through and through and a full eyelid or something where it really requires extra precision, then you're not going to do it at a plastic surgeon's office. That's something that's going to be done in an operating room um, that can be associated with a plastic surgeon's office. The good part is that we do not give sedation. It is unnecessary in 95% of the cases um, because sedation has its own complications. And to give sedation to a small child, uh, again, there are some repercussions to this. So the goal, you know, I, I remember being in residency and we always used to try to get the emergency room to, to give sedation. So by the time we got there, it'd be easy to, to sew. And then we realized that, um, you know, more of it is fear on the child's side and perspective. And we would really papoose them. We'd use either a wrap, 
you know, wrap them up like a burrito. You use a sheet or you use an actual papoose board. And once you talk to them, have someone just hold them down, once you anesthetize the area, you know that they can't feel anything because they're, listen, they're going to cry and scream no matter what. But as long as they don't feel it, you can appropriately fix the wound and they can go home immediately. You give them sedation and they are hanging out for hours, uh, you know, until everyone feels comfortable that they're, uh, you know, taking enough oxygen back in on their own and um, that they're kind of cognitively back to normal. And and again, that can lead to a, a, a few hours stay in the emergency room. So instead, it's just an in and out with a lollipop in hand. Mm-hmm. And 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 the interesting part is the trauma associated with it is not nearly as much as it is for the parent <laughs> and for the child mm-hmm. because it's been this just kind of seamless process. And mm. I'm able to say this, and Dr. Lakey is about to, is able to say this because for the last 13 years, I want to say we've averaged at least at least a hundred a year. So that's over 1,300, okay, uh, lacerations. Yeah, that's, and that's bare minimum. And that's we've bare, done. bare minimum that we've repaired. So we can tell you that there has been, you know, obviously, like he said, you have to make sure that the injury is okay to be taken care of in a plastic surgeon's office, even though we do do it in our operating room. There's really very, very rarely does a laceration or a cut on the face or the body ever need anything but local anesthesia. Mm -hmm. We hope you're enjoying this episode. If you'd like more information about our practice, you can check out our Instagram. It's plasticsdocs, P-L-A-S-T-I-X-D-O-C-S on Instagram for more information. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. And now that we've gotten there, you, you know, you talked about treating the wound in the immediate period, you know, putting Steri-Strips on with a, a, a type of glue. So, you know, it's adherent and sticks on there. If it's more of an abrasive or, or abrasion slash laceration or avulsion laceration where there's tears, then likely or not, we'll put uh, instead a uh, bacitracin or an antibiotic ointment like Neosporin and a Band-Aid because... Uh, we're going to need some extra help with that. And putting glue and tape on a fresh open uh, scrape is not a, uh, the best option. So now, um, you know, they come back. You said we take the stitches out or we look at it at one week, make sure that the incision is still intact. Two weeks, you know, we're starting to get a little more integrity. But, you know, common questions that parents ask, when can they go swimming? When can they uh, play sports? When can they do certain things? I'll just preface the answers that we say by saying that our recommendations are you wait six weeks for swimming and, uh, you know, there are some, uh, you know, there are are some little bits of variation in there depending on the size of the, the wound or the type. But the integrity of a wound takes six weeks to become 85% as strong as it's ever going to be. And so if you were to get in a pool a week later, most likely some of those dissolvable stitches will dissolve and uh, the wound will open up again. Um, As far as contact sports and things like that, obviously it's going to be the same thing. You know, it, it will never be as strong as it was before, but the idea is it'll be close enough where you can get back into normal activities. Now, we talked about 
silicone gel treatments, you know, whether you start at two weeks or three weeks, I think, um, you know, listen, you want to make sure that the wound is completely dry, sealed, and that's between two and three weeks. But at three weeks, that's where we really switch over to multiple different therapies. And maybe you can uh, touch on, you know, we've yeah, and, and really the the we use, you know, evidence-based medicine. So really there there are two types of scar dressings. They're either topical, which is a cream, which again, best type of scar therapy has to be silicone based. So whether it's a cream that's silicone based, something like silicon or biocornium, we used to have an excellent scar cream ourselves, but due to kind of some some supply chain issues we were we're on hold right now but those types of of scar creams anything that has silicone based you can get it on amazon really works well uh biocornium that we use now actually also has spf in it so it's a two-for-one special so when you put it on you don't have to worry about putting uh, sunscreen on as well the other option is using silicone patches um and there you know there's the simple just silicone patches which the old-fashioned you know, it just looks like tape, but it's silicone based and you just cut a little piece of it and you put it on the scar or the super advanced Bentley Rolls Royce of scar protection, which is the Embrace Scar Therapy System. Now, the Embrace Scar Therapy System wasn't really made for the face. However, we have used it and it can be used. It Mm -hmm. has to be on a linear scar and it's a treatment that's, it's it's a pre-stretched silicone sheet that we put on scars once every 10 days for 60 days. And there's actual level one evidence and data that shows that it really does help with the scar and how it looks. And we were actually responsible for developing that particular size with Neodyne Biosciences. Absolutely. Um, Because of StitchMD. (laughs) Yes, because of StitchMD. And we saw so many different lacerations um, that the idea was we wanted something that actually worked. The issue is on the forehead sometimes, uh, you know, especially on a child or even someone with oily skin, um, you build up oil. And so sometimes the silicone doesn't work as much. So, you know, your plastic surgeon can at least, uh, you know, navigate what is best for you at any time. Now, with with that said, what, what are the most important things that we need to do as patients, okay, um, to ensure that the scar heals well. Mm-hmm. So one of the recommendations that we have, obviously, uh, you know, starting at three weeks or somewhere around there is obviously scar massage. You know, the heat and pressure alone, just from that gentle massage, not only loosens a tethered scar from the tissue below, but the heat and pressure alone will cause the collagen to essentially reorganize in a more uh, organized fashion. And what and what Dr. Lakey's talking about is, I know you've seen people that have, for example, have a scar on their forehead and you see them and they move their, their eyebrows up and that scar will move up with with every movement. Yeah, well, it's tethered. The reason for that is it's, it's tethered and, and scars, all scars, any cut, it wants to heal by contraction. It wants to heal by sticking down to the wound below it. And that's what he's talking about. Sorry yep. to interrupt. No. And, and the second thing, obviously, is sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Those newly healing cells will soak up sun like a tattoo. And so the goal behind this is we want to avoid pigmentation. Because really, when you look at scars, you know, there are a couple of things at play. We look at the color, the texture, and where it's located. And, 
you know, so something that's well hidden, ah, listen, then we just worry about color and texture. But if it's in the middle of your face, we worry about all three because when you animate and something tethers down, um, the idea is we want that to be nice and smooth so it moves with your, uh, with your musculature. So I think two very important things are going to be sunscreen and, uh, you know, uh, scar massage. Absolutely. And, and along the same lines, is this is what you can expect after a laceration repair. So the interesting part about it is, so people come in and they say, you know, obviously it, the you know, mom of, of, a, of a, a five-year-old beautiful little girl is going to come and say, you know, Abigail just had a cut on the middle of her che- cheek. When is this going to go away? You're a plastic surgeon and you're a magician. And how fast are you going to make this go away? And mm-hmm. the key is this, the, the time frame of understanding how this, this wound healing works. Remember, first thing that's going to happen is the wound's going to flatten. Then the color is going to go away. Mm-hmm. And really, it's, it's one of those things we look at. So, and then over time, you'll see it fade. Now, will the scar ever completely go away. No. You know, everybody asks us, they say, well, you're coming to a plastic surgeon, so there's going to be no scar, right? And the idea is, um, you know, listen, anytime you cut full thickness through the skin, there will be a scar. The difference is, can we camouflage it enough where people don't see it? And that's why you go to a plastic surgeon. So it's not that anyone can't put stitches in, it's are they put in appropriately, how many layers, and then how you manage the scar. And even if you can see a scar, so now imagine the scar continually remodels for up to a year. Um, And so when does the scar reach its final stage? That is one year later. And a lot of times the scar continues to change even as you start, you know, if you had a laceration as a child, you've seen, you know, what a laceration looks like in the beginning. You see how it heals. And then when they're you know, 15 years later, sometimes you barely see a hint of it because the scar continues to change. Our skin continually breaks down and builds up, as you saw in that last podcast, uh, you know, regard with uh, Will, uh, Science Will. And so the idea is that uh, we manage the scar for up to a year and then we start looking at other treatments. If a patient is old enough to undergo laser therapy or microneedling or things like that, there are all kinds of things that we can do to help uh, camouflage the scar. Absolutely, and it depends. Now, is the scar widened? Is the scar raised? Is the scar dark? Now, these are the things we look at as a plastic surgeon and say, what modality are we going to use mm-hmm. to try to help reverse that or improve that? And again, the one thing I tell everyone, I mean, and, and I, and again, I do a ton of breast lift surgeries where I put scars on the middle of their people's chests and literally on their breasts. And I say, your scar will never completely disappear. Well, maybe, maybe never, but sometimes they go away pretty well, Mm -hmm. but sometimes they don't heal very well. And I tell them if they don't, we have different tools in our armamentarium that we can kind of throw at you to improve these things. That's one thing that you should really keep in mind. Let's say you couldn't find a plastic surgeon and you you went to the nearest urgent care, or you went to the nearest emergency room and they stitched it up and you're, you're not quite sure if they did a good job. The idea is that the wound is closed. 
So there's no sense going to a plastic surgeon's office two days later because we can't take it apart and put it back together. But we can manage it. So let's say you came back a week later, we decide, I'm going to remove every other stitch or we remove the stitches and now give you a plan on what to do for the next year. That's the difference between just going to the the emergency room. They can. It, there are plenty of people who can sew it up well, but it's managing it later that really counts. And, and absolutely. And the one thing, at least we have had over the years, is we also keep direct communication with most of these parents. We understand that the parents are very nervous that their kid just had a laceration. We took care of a, a, a nine-month-old kid the other day. I mean, it, it, it's traumatic to a parent mm-hmm. to come in and have their nine-month-old or a one-year-old little beautiful baby girl have a little cut on their face. So we're there for them. And everybody has access to our cell phones and to our emails. And, you know, I literally get pictures from people in the middle of the night saying, oh my God, is this healing well? And I'm like, my God, it's two o'clock in the morning. Why are you asking me this now? But I understand that. And, and, and that's why we're there because we're there to kind of guide you and make you understand that, again, these things happen. And sometimes they're completely out of your hands, but to have the right type of treatment from a qualified professional that can help you mitigate the risk for it getting much worse and being able to kind of manage it along the way is very, very important. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the really great part about this service, and I, and I love to say this, and we've become really friendly with all the pediatricians in this town, is that it really takes away that kind of horrible experience that is involved with sitting in the emergency room, then waiting for for possibly a plastic surgeon to get called. The plastic surgeon doesn't show up or there's not one on call at the hospital that you go to. So the ER physician does it and sometimes they'll glue it and it doesn't need to be glued. It needs to be stitched. Sometimes they'll stitch it and it could just be glued. And, and sometimes it's just not managed properly. And then the whole experience, and then you have no one to follow up with. It just becomes a, a, a very traumatic event that's already bad enough that you don't want it to get worse. And you come through the doors here and it's just so easy. Yeah, it's an interesting point. One thing that we forgot to talk about, I think there are a couple of really good questions that we could you know, pose and give you the answers to with regards to lacerations, cuts, and when you need to use this service. And one one of the questions was, you know, when can I glue it versus when do you have to put stitches in? I think as a general hard, fast rule, if you have a full thickness injury to the face, you should use a plastic surgeon. I think if there is any uh, laceration to the eyelid, nose, or lip, especially, you should use a plastic surgeon. The lip margin, which is called the vermilion border, is one of the most specific uh, and specialized areas on the face. And if that is not put together correctly, not only do you see one millimeter of difference, but if it's not put together correctly, the scar will uh, will not look good. And so the goal behind this is, you know, there are certain injuries. Could you go to the emergency room or urgent care? Of course. You know, you have a laceration on your arm. You have a laceration, uh, you know, on the body somewhere that's not regularly exposed. But you have to think, is someone going to see it in a bathing suit? Uh, is someone, you know, is, is it going to be visible? Then you may consider using a plastic surgeon just because, again, we are trying to minimize the appearance of a scar. And, you know, we... we- we hope that you never have to use this, um, but it's something to always know about. And if you're in the LA area, again, it's the, the, the 
service is called Stitch MD. There's a direct eight eight hundred number. It's eight one eight five five Stitch LA. You can put that in your in your speed dial if you need it. You can always call. It goes to a twenty four hour operator that then really dispatches a plastic surgeon who will then call you. And normally, what will happen is you know the, what, whoever whoever talks to you will say, "Hey, send us a picture." We'll look at the picture and be like, hey, that needs stitches. Or no, don't worry, you don't need stitches. Just put a little bit of ointment on and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We need stitches, you'll you'll meet us at our office, we'll take care of it. And the rest of the time, we are there to help you. You have follow-ups with us and, and everything else is pretty much a part of the service. So again, I think you, you know when to use us. Uh, you know what types of injuries are acceptable for this type of uh, of. Uh, you know, office procedure. And you know that we will manage the wound for a year afterwards or more. And so I think the combination of those things just makes for a superior uh, outcome. So um, I'm hoping that you guys really learn something today because, you know, some people are unaware that their service even exists and uh, they're unaware that, uh, you know, there, there is more after the emergency room. So again, if you went to the emergency room and had something stitched up, but you need something managed, just go ahead and call your local plastic surgeon because that's what we do all day long. Absolutely. So. You know, thank you so much for listening. And uh, once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payment Danielpour. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Peace. From iHeartRadio, Forever Young is a Cavalry Audio Golden Hippo production. We are produced by Brandon Morgan. Josh Windish does our editing and mixing. Payment and I serve as executive producers along with Dana Brunetti and Keegan Rosenberger. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.